internet. So you tuned in to the Combat Jack Show, the CombatJackShow.com. Yeah. What's up, Premier What's going P? on, Combat? Man, yo, just another episode that I'm looking forward to knocking out the box, man. Yes, sir. I mean, you know we've interviewed artists and producers and managers and a whole spectrum of people that have worked in this industry. But I think the gems come from the cats that really, 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 really work behind the scenes. Most definitely. And still make a name for themselves. I mean, this man right here has contributed so much to this culture. Knows where all the bodies are buried <laughs> and still continues to look good. Internets, I welcome to the Combat Jack Show, Mr. Kevin Lyles. What's up, Kevin? Hey, man, I'm blessed. I can't, can't complain about anything, you know, Jack P. You know, we, we here, like I, I tell people, you know, God gives us the platform to, to speak what we've done and what we're doing, but more importantly, uh, what's in store for the future. And, and I appreciate you guys giving me the opportunity to come hang out with you. Well, thank you for taking time out of your hectic schedule i mean your your, your lady's expecting yeah you know i like the big shout out to wife you know she's home you know eight and a half months pregnant. congratulations you know you know god is good i'm having another little baby girl so shout out to her you know um so i gotta be out here working and do what i do and she gotta do what she does and that's you know wear the pants in the family <laughs> <laughs> how, how many kids now man uh it's four you know a 16 year old um son kevin a 14 year old daughter kayla three-year-old Gigi and now a newborn another baby girl so you know God's been good how do you manage that man four kids hectic career impressive career beautiful family how do you handle that man well I, I say um to people who get married at a young age make sure you know who you are and I say as you graduate through life um never forget who you are and as you uh, continue to have children, know that they're looking at you, you're a reflection of them, and they're a reflection of you every day. So I, I just learned balance to me is being the example. You know, balance to me is uh, working hard every day, giving of yourself, um, you know, keeping faith uh, as, as, as number one, and, you know, putting forth that effort to to not just be, uh, a product of your environment, but a product of your experiences. So when my kids grow up, I, I'm hoping that they'll listen to this interview. Uh, they'll look on TV. They'll they'll look at, at at records and and they'll say, "My dad did more than be an exec. Was more than an executive. He changed lives." Right. And that to me is the best way I know a balance. It ain't about talking about it. It's about being about it. You right. know. And so hopefully I, I'm I'm doing the right thing for them. Do your kids have any idea who you are outside of the home? <laughs> Um, you know, it's funny, man. It was hard for me to talk about my, 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 my children when I first came up because I never wanted them to get caught up. Right. You know, I didn't want them to get caught up in my come up, you mm. know. Mm. Uh, but now as I continue to get older, I want to share things with them. And I realize that the, the life that God has given me is not, not meant to live by myself. So um, I want them to, to know the the things that he's blessed me with and the best way to do it is to have them around, have them experience it. So do they know, uh, you know, I, I don't think they believe it. You know, they're still young. You know what I mean? I don't think they believe it to that point. But my, my daughter called me the other day, you know, she's play she plays AAU ball in Maryland. And she said, daddy, daddy, we're going to the Georgetown open. And we heard that Trey songs is going to be there. 
I said, ding, ding, ding. Now she puts the relationship that, yes, you know, Trey's one of my art. And then they, you know, you so. Pull some strings. And yeah, you, you know what I mean? It's all, all that. So, you know, um, again, but I have to say I have, I'm blessed that my, my children, they know no matter what it is, I expect them to be intelligent and I expect them to be respectful. I expect them to understand the difference between right and wrong, good and bad. And so um, my, my greatest gift to this industry is uh, to not only be a great executive, but be a great father. Now, that's awesome, man. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, one of the things when I saw you out before we started taping, um, I was saying, man, just reflecting on your history, um, what's so impressive about you is that you are a classic page from the American success story, man. You know, you grew up in in, in rough surroundings, man. You grew up in in Baltimore, Maryland, Mm -hmm. and and you've seen some rough shit. (laughs) You've experienced some rough shit. You lived it. How do you, like, like, Tell us about your upbringing, man. Like it was, it was your mom's. Yeah, you know, I, like I tell people, my 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 mom, um, she's a, she's a soldier. Right. You know, you you see that commercial, um, you know, right now that that's going on. Uh, I think it's for USAA, and and Robert Griffin III said, "Mom, thank you for being a a sergeant." You know what I mean? But thank you for being a mom. You know, my mom, you know, to be seventeen years old and and have a son and then to do it four times over. I right. have a younger brother and I have, uh, you know, two sisters. Um, for her to survive that and for um, my my father, I call him my father, you know, because um, he's a man that took care of me, my dad, to step in at two years old and to this day, you know, calls me every day and said, are you doing, you know, God's work? Are you working hard? And just live out, like, come on out. Yeah, I lived... Uh, a hard life, but I, I have a mom and dad. I have a 93-year-old grandmother. Wow. You know what I mean? You So, you know, I woke up today. So at, at the end of the day, you can call my life hard. You can call that I, I've seen it all and, and been through it, but there's some people out here who don't know what it is to share a mother and a father's love. Right. There's kids who who grew up without parents. You know, that, forget a mom. for that they, they grew up without parents. And, you know, I sit on the board of New York's for Children and you know, kids who who just want the opportunity to to compete. You know, they don't they don't need the fancy things like they need the necessities in life right. to just compete. So I, I thank God for the life that I live, and I don't I don't complain about it because every every failure that I had taught me something, and and the gift that I can give is through my upbringing. Uh, I've been able to not just survive and be a statistic, but to be hopefully an inspiration and a success story to those who come after me, you know. Now, I read your book twice, uh, Make It Happen. <laughs> and knowing you, you know, from from the industry and, mm-hmm. and, and seeing how far you've you've gone, I would have never assumed that growing up, I mean, it's easy, like, you know, we all grew up. Some Who said it? Was it Mano? Mano was on the show, and he said, all of us, in a sense, grew up from the hood, mm-hmm. but not all of us are hood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But I'm amazed at some of the things that you actually were exposed to growing up, yeah. you know, in terms of like your hustle game. Yeah. You know, you know what I'm saying <laughs> like, like two for five. Hey, listen, here, here's the thing is what, what I tell people every day. Like uh, the reason I wrote the book in 05, because I didn't want people to feel like I grew up with a silver spoon in my mouth. Right. And uh, if there ever was an opportunity for me to lead the, a city or a country or a state, uh, in a political office, I, don't, I want people to know I'm, I'm made of the very fabric that people are proud to say I'm from Bmore. You know, it's like people are proud to say they're from Brooklyn. Right. You mm. know, it's not. Of course. It's not. 
this not son, I ain't, I didn't grow up on the outskirts. You know, I I, I was there, so I, I I bled for the people. I lived for the people. I went to the same schools as the people, and and I was embraced by culture here, whether it was Queens or or Brooklyn or Harlem. I was embraced not because of who I was, but where what I was made of. And real men do real men shit. You right. know what I mean? Real women do real women shit. And and I I was just blessed to uh, again make it out of a to turn that that statistic you know dead on drugs or in jail and just turn it into a success story so at, at the end of the day that's only god's blessing that's what he had in store for me so the things that i i've, I've experienced and the things that i went through it's, it's all in the book you know what i mean and i'll be celebrating 10 years uh 2015 is the 10 year anniversary of make it happen congratulations so uh i'm i'm in the process of of doing Make It Happen 2.0. Okay. So we'll, we'll see what that holds next. One question, man. Mm-hmm. Like, because you've always had this chill aura. Mm-hmm. Why would somebody try to shoot at a young Kevin Lyles? <laughs> well, not try. Why would somebody shoot at a young Kevin Lyles? Um, you know, it's like sometimes you get caught up in the environments that you're in and the, the crews that you're with and the things that you do. Um like I said, I, I, I'm, you know, you can ask that question to a, a, a young kid who was just uh, a passerby, who right. was just standing on the corner, or a kid who was next to the, the guy. You know, I, I had all those situations, right. you know, happen to me. Um, but at the end of the day, where I'm at in my life right now, uh, I don't, I don't discredit what somebody did in the past or or what they felt was an issue. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna live my life, and of I'm gonna praise you for living your life, and. If if it's meant for me to to go by 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 the gun, you know it is. I, I can't that I can't do nothing about. Right. You know what I can do is just live every life by you know the moments that that God give me and appreciate the opportunity. Obviously, I'm here for a reason. I'm still here to to uh, promote His name and 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 give Him praise. But it's not in the sense of me just trying to make a name for myself. Right. You know what I mean? That that is why. I truly believe, you know, Jesus got shot at. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. in whatever whatever way, you know, <laughs> yeah. you, you can put it. So while while I'm here, I, I'll, I'll leave him um, to to give me an opportunity to breathe tomorrow, but still create that legacy and opportunity for the next generation. You know, you know, it's amazing, man. One of the uh, most valuable lessons that you write about that you learned at such an early age, uh, probably because of situations like that, is how important and how valuable it is to really be careful about who you associate yourself with. Yeah, you you, you know, here's the thing, man. You, you know, and always, you know, my, my, my parables are around Jesus didn't surround himself by all good people. Right. He surrounded himself by... With real people. With real people mm. who, at that moment in time, they, they didn't know what their blessing was. Uh, and he just lived a godly life and a life that was faith based uh from the father and you know he allowed like i really don't believe that anybody that's around me is not around me for a reason right. it might be for me to help them but it might be for them to help me see what kind of people okay. that are out there and so if if at the end of the day that's what it is it just is weird because no man no man can hurt me right no man is going to put me in any kind of situation, because I don't fear man. Right. You know what I mean? I, I, I'm, my, my faith is so great that uh, I live by his word and live by his name. So, you know, it is what it is. You know, God, God will put you in situations 
that you never think you'll get out. And I'd have been in a lot of those situations. Yeah, I know those situations. <laughs> but but more importantly, <laughs> yeah. but more importantly, he woke me up the next day and said, "You're still here." Right. And so live a purposeful life. Right. And let you live another day of life. Yeah. I tell you, I want to I want to touch on real quick where you talk about like growing up in B more, even how you mentioned Brooklyn mm-hmm. and the fabric that you talk about. Mm-hmm. To me, it's more so even the court that you're mm-hmm. cut from that is not doesn't really exist anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, younger kids now in B-more, in Brooklyn, across the world now, you know, what's your thoughts on the, the the way they move these days, like, and what's going on now? Because it's so much different from that we're speaking about this fabric and court that doesn't exist no more. Yeah, I, I think we, we lost um, a little bit of responsibility because I didn't grow up, my mom and dad, or my, and my grandparents didn't raise me by themselves. You know, I... My, my aunt told on me or the next door neighbor said what you're doing or the, the cousin of this person or the uncle. You know, you had so many aunts and uncles village. that wasn't that they wasn't really family, but right. they were family. You right. know what I mean? So I think we lost the fabric because everybody started to worry about themselves and not worry about the community. Uh, everybody wanted to just be the thread and not be the cloth. Then they, they didn't want to look at the blanket that that you were all of us were responsible for making. And I don't fault um, an individual. I fault society. I, I fault um, us for sometimes being selfish because we became first generation money. And I'm not talking about the, the first African-American millionaire or the first African-American billionaire. I'm talking about, shit, you made $100,000. You first generation. You graduated from high school and went on to college. You first generation. First generation. A, lot of, a lot of families. So education and experience became a different thing and access and opportunity just became a different thing. So uh, whenever something's new and I don't care if, 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 if it was hip hop, if it's technology, whenever something new, somebody gets hurt. Some in, in that, in that newness, there's people who don't understand it. And, and there's things that happen in that. And you just have to understand it. Even with all that, you know, you have to be, a, you have to be willing to give up yourself, you know, and that's, that's something I never, I've never forgot, you know, to this day, you know, like I said, I have a 90-year-old grandmother. You know, I just never forgot the sacrifices that she made and the sacrifices that that, that I'm responsible for making. But then God will put somebody in your life, like you put Russell in my life and Leah in my life, to just say, listen, you know, you're not related to none of us, but we're going to give you an opportunity. But don't forget that you're a giver. And that's why I'll never forget the fabric. You know what I mean? I, I'm I'm cut for you. Cut me open. I'm be more. You know, everybody know ain't know. You know, I love. I've been in New York for 23 years. I love New York. I got a lot of family. You know, when I say family, extended family. You know, up here. But you cut me open. I, I live and bleed be more. Yeah. The young Kevin Lyles mm-hmm. starts looking at his life and decides that his life's goal is to end up with a, a career that yields him thirty thousand dollars a year <laughs> as a job. That that was that's what you wanted, right? I listen. I I didn't know. I, I tell people when I was in high school, I was in high school to be in high school. I wasn't in high school to be in college. Right. I wasn't in 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 high school to be this great thing. I mean, I you know be vulnerable with you guys. I cried when I graduated high school. So if you think about it, when you in elementary school and high school, they give you every class. You you got to wake up, go homeroom. You got to go to gym. You got to go. And then when you go to college, they say you make your own schedule. Right. I lost my mind. You know what I mean? I, 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 I can make my own schedule, you know. So I, I didn't know what that meant. Right. You know what I mean? But it was. Uh, the discipline behind that, it. That, that, that was something that I, I had to learn. And, and, and Young Kev was, was more so like the world is mine. 
You know what I mean? I I, I live that Scarface dream. I, I I know what it was to to like I said to to be homebred, but to be an immigrant to success. You know what I mean? You 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 don't know what that is. What what's really success? My mom told me like you know work uh, a job for fifty sixty years and get benefits. That's not success. That might be success for that, but for me, it wasn't enough. You know what I mean? So I I really like put myself in a position where I wanted to to give more and be more, for lack of a better term, to my family. And, you know, funny thing about it, the, the young Kev, I, I, a lot of people know I went to, a, I was on scholarship with NASA for engineering, me. Yes. <laughs> you know, okay, cool. But, um, and I didn't graduate, 13th grade shy of my, my degree from Morgan State, but then I have two sisters that one has a master's uh, in engineering from Penn State and the other one has, works for the Navy Academy in engineering. So God put engineering in my life. Right. And maybe it was for my sisters to carry on on a dream. So I like I young Kev was was wild, but determined to not be just a, another statistic and be more. You know what I mean? Young Kev also had this presence that knew that there was something greater for you. Mm-hmm. You, you. You talk about that. You talk about how you knew, like you kind of had like this this glow or this shine that something else was 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 destined for you. Can you talk about that? Yeah. When 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 shit went down he just made sure i didn't get caught up in it right so when when you know it's going down when you know there's no way out how how how, and you get out you know something else destines for you and and but what i realized it wasn't just um him saying something's there for you because you had to work at it like i said if we just sit here and pray to god and say god give this to me it ain't gonna happen that way you know you got to go out there and work for it you know what i mean so to me it was you know, like, you know, <laughs> I, I say young Kev just was never satisfied with just the opportunity. Right. Just wasn't satisfied with the access. I had to be the best at what I did. That's the only way I knew how to live. And my, my father, and again, I, everybody didn't have this example in their life. My father worked two jobs, still took us to work in the morning, took my mom, well, school, in school in the morning, took my mom mm-hmm. to work in the morning, came home, did homework with us, fed us, went back to work at seven o'clock to work the night shift. I mean, you know, come on. Like you, that's that that the hustle that's in not a way. Even a hustle. That's like, that's you, you, you know, foundation. That, that, you, you, he laid it and he he just told me, and I, I remember before I moved uh here, he said, You can be a big fish in a small pond or a big fish in a big pond. I said, Okay, welcome to New York City. <laughs> <laughs> but, but was he your inspiration growing up? Like but were you inspired by him, you know? A lot of lot of lot of different people. I said my mom said I believe in myself, therefore I'm gonna leave my, I believe, therefore I am what I believe myself to be. My dad said, work hard, play hard, never forget your, your family. My uncle said, you know, they, nothing in life is going to be given to you. You know, my, one of my mentors said, you know, if you believe it, you can achieve. I mean, there's so many people that have blessed me in, in my life that I don't give credit to one particular person. You know what I mean? And if I had to say one particular person, it'd be God because... He gave me breath, strength, eyes, ears, nose, sensibility, street smart to business smart to, to go from a street corner to the corner office, you know? Mm. Yo, tell us about the KKK crew. The KKK <laughs> Yo, click. You're going way back. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, I, I didn't, you know, when we were, uh, uh, I guess I was at, where was I? In Woodlawn or suburb, whatever back then in B-more. And they wanted to, for lack of a better term, you know, 
put schools together. Desegregate you know I mean? the schools. <laughs> you know, bring this this crowd with this crowd. And I ended up at a school called Pikesville Middle. And I remember kids were coming to school, the parents dropping them off in limousines, and they watching cartoons before and a whole bar mitzvah thing. I'm like, what the hell is going it's on? It's a whole different world. A whole, that's a whole, a whole different, different thing here, but... Um, I'm I'm like any any animal or animal. I adopt. Right. You know what I mean? I said, okay, so that's how y'all get down. All right, let me learn some of these words. <laughs> let me let me figure out some of this culture. And and it was only preparing me for my future in meeting you know friends that I have now who I share those special moments you know with them. And I remember my first bowl of matzo ball soup. You know, what I, mean? I remember my my first bar mitzvah. I get remember, filter fish sandwich. Get filter. <laughs> I remember two people invite me to brunch and you talking about bagel and locks. You know I, mean? <laughs> I, I just remember it and, and I, I just embraced it and I always said to myself, just like I was shown, I want to show them, you know, what it is to, you know, how we felt about Thanksgiving and uh, how we felt about Christmas and how we felt about Easter where church wasn't a choice. Right. You know what I mean? How, you know, understanding, you know, faith wasn't just, something that you did on a particular day is something that you had every day. You know what I mean? And the KKK came and, and you know, we're in a school and, you know, people can say racism doesn't exist in any kind of way. It's just in different forms right now. And in some places it's still blatant, you know, racism, but we took a term and it was me, it was Kevin Lyles, Kevin Morton and Kenneth Falcon. And we said, we just going to be the KKK and we going, we going, we going to rain uh, equality, uh, you know, on a school that uh, wasn't, you know, so equal at that particular time. But I'll never uh, regret that moment right. that I, I shared, you know, uh, at Pikesville because it made me who I am today. And in a sense, going around with your crew, calling yourselves a KKK mm-hmm. crew in a predominantly white school mm-hmm. broke the ice. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that there were, there were little issues that that, that people had, but uh, uh, again, you know, you, you know how to navigate that. When, you, when you're from a certain place in life, you just know how to navigate, you know, who, you know, he not going, he not going to say nothing because he know. He, you already took care of that with him and she not going to say no because the father know. And then this, like, it just, it was just a, a opportunity for us to do something fun and play off of something and people just gave us a lot of respect and even those, those kids today, you know, um, I love him and I, I give him all praise. So shout out to Kenneth Falcon and, and Kevin Morton, my, my homeboys. So how did music start coming into your life? How did you guys, um, you form the New Marks crew? Uh, you know, so I, like I said, I um, when I came from the city, you know, we all, back then we worked to get out of the city and go right. to the county. You know, we want to, to go to the grass birds and the trees. So um was out, out in the county and uh, I remember... I had one of my man's friends, him and I fought because I stepped on his foot or whatever like that. His man, man, Rod. Yeah, some fresh kicks or yeah, something. Yeah, well, no, it was just, we, we was playing street ball. And right. I, I can't even call it baseball because it was the, you know, the stick some, some, shit, some whatever, shit, whatever it was. Some unorganized yeah, whatever ghetto it was. shit. <laughs> so, so, you know, I, and it was just about let me show you who I am, you know what I mean, kind of thing. And um, that's the guy who I credit for saying to me, he said, yo, you know, you cool, man. You know, yo, you do you rap? I said, nah, but I, you know, I know how to write, you know, so. How'd and, you know, how'd you know that you knew how to write? Like, creatively? Um, I didn't know I knew how to write. I just said it because I didn't want to fight no more. Right. You know, <laughs> like, he said, like, we was in, after, you know, he's like, yo, but you, it was just a test thing, you know okay. what I mean? But I didn't know, 
what it was. I just knew that shit. It can't be that hard. You talking about rhyming? Like it ain't that hard. And I was a a, 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 a hip hop fan. You know what I mean? I like I was startled by the whole phenomenon. You know what I mean? So. We started rocking. We was doing 10 turntables as, as DJs. So I learned to order DJs. 10 turntables. Yeah, learned to order DJ. And like I said, I, you, you uh, again, if you, when, when I came to New York, people started, yo, this kid is a general manager. He got actual 1200s in his office. In the I, office. I, 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 that's is what I did. So it was like vinyl to me. And the art of DJing was, especially when I said, you know, we came for campaign, respect the DJs. I was saying, fucking respect me. You know what I mean? Because I'm, I'm a DJ, so I didn't, I related to them in a certain way. So it started there and then, you know, making records and, you know, traveling the world and doing great things. I, I just, you know, God just, again, I, I, I can't, if I, somebody asked me, if my mom would have said to me, Kev, you know, write down what you want, I would have never wrote. What you lived. What I lived. Right. E- even to this day, I, I don't even, I, I can't even think about it no more because I limit myself. If, if, if I would, if. If I would have said, I remember my grandma, we was working on Barack, and my grandmother, we were sitting at Thanksgiving dinner, it was just like he just got elected. She said, God damn, a black president. I never thought I lived the day. <laughs> she never voted in like 80-something years, and she walked down. We lost her for like four hours, and we like, Grandma, what? what, what? And I'm in New York, you can't find your grandma. She went down to vote. That that you don't, you can't write that, that no. you're going to live the life and you your grandmother's going to experience a Come on, man. You don't you don't write that. So now I don't question God anymore. I just say, God, what's in store for me today? Hands, eyes, air, you know, breath. Get, get breath. You know, I'm I'm here. What what's in store for me? Even, even listen, even being here. And every now and then I'll come out and do interviews with people like, you know, well, you know, he he praises God too much. And I like, yo, y'all just don't people don't get like what like what life is. You know, my, even my, even having a, a child, I'm gonna have another one on one. No two people can come together and create what my wife is about to have. Right. That what you come on, man. Hey, this ain't I don't I don't take I take I take this like as a gift. You know what I mean? So at the end of the day, I, I don't you know anything that you 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 see that I've been through or anything I try to explain. Sometimes it might not come in one word, but God's gifts, man. That's it. Going through the process, man. You, you mm-hmm. kind of jumped forward and talked about touring and mm-hmm. the hit records. Mm-hmm. But you also talk about the setbacks, Mm -hmm. you know, starting off as an artist Mm -hmm. and having failures, like being signed to Kiss My Ass Records (laughs) (laughs) and and, and the track, the single called Buss It, which was like a big failure. Yeah. Talk about that, man. Well, well, listen, um, back then when we were, you know, doing that, you know, rap was young. You know what I mean? You didn't know. Who was out at the time? Curtis? Shit. Curtis. Houdini. uh, Houdini. Um... Uh, what was uh, Naughty? What was uh, Apache? Uh, it was a group. Uh, one of the first groups I ever worked vinyl uh, on the street was called Trends of Culture. Trends of Culture. Record called Off and On. Um, I remember when uh, the first time I, I met Run and them, you know, of course, you know, you go to Master Square Garden, you see the Adidas and the whole thing, but then when you get to hang out with them, it's like, I mean, PE. I mean, like, I, I lived. A lot of people don't even know. It was a club called 4604 in Baltimore. So back then I was part of New Marks, and we were like in Philadelphia, Virginia, you know, Baltimore. D.C. Um, D.C. We were like the guys. Right. You know what I mean? So I was opening up for Salt and Pepper, Run DMC, LL Cool J. So we were in 4604. And, you know. Was this big to you, opening up for them? 
I ain't know back like like honestly, it, it, they were coming to my hood. Right. I, I, you know, I'm I'm because you were the main, you were the main, because you was a big fish I, in a small I'm pond. I'm a big right. fish in a small pond. So I'm like, yo, y'all good? Because my crew out there, it ain't that? This is my city. You know, it ain't no no question On about deck. what it was. We were we were just there, and you know, so all hell break loose, and that was like the time that that me and Todd like became like I, I wasn't even working for Def Jam then but it was just a moment in time Todd and meaning LL Cool J yeah, yeah LL yeah. and so it was a moment in time with him it was a moment in time with Salt and Pepper it was a moment in time with Run DMC moment in time with Houdini and I'm not trying to age myself but I, I like I, I tell people I, I done lived it I ain't, ain't no no question I know what it is to tell 12,000 people throw your hands in and they do it I, I lived it so any artist I can <laughs> tell them what that moment that, that moment was right. or hearing your record when they take your record out of being just in a mix show and it's playing 30, 40 times a day in the city, you know what I mean? I know, I, I know what it is. You know what I mean? So I was always humbled by that, but I had a, I had a, a ego because it was nobody bigger in the city. You know what I mean? It's like we were, we were just those, those kids back then. So I, I, I never appreciated it until I looked at what God was really teaching me. Let me, let me give you everything. Let me take, everything away because the only reason I gave it to you is so you can bless other people. It's just, it's just the life that I live, man. So I, I just remember that moment at 4604 where all hell broke loose and Todd was just a real dude. You know what I mean? He was like, yo, we're we going to do the show anyway. You know what I mean? We had, after we went off, some shit broke out. but A, fight, said, we, a fight broke out? Or? Well, a lot, a lot more than that, but it was like just all hell broke loose. Right, right. You know what I mean? So, and he came on and still did the show because he had the love for what he, he was a b-boy. He had the love for what he was doing. It wasn't about what was going on. It's about what he came to do and right. he wanted to give B more that love and you know, and so it just again I, I learned from that and he learned from it. The show never um, stops. It don't ever stop. Ever stop, man. Never stop. Ever stop. Never stop. And then and then y'all go on and then fucking write, girl, you know it's true. Like what's what was the process? How, now, let me ask you that yeah. I'm in the street. Yeah. So <laughs> are we all loved I mean, in the street, you know, you had that girl that tore your ass up and made you feel a certain way and you know, how we did it, it was more so like ghetto love. You know, I was just trying to recreate I Need Love with L.O. Cool yes. mm-hmm. You know, I, I was just trying to recreate that. So I had to, like, the girl, you know, true thing, it wasn't meant to be no big pop smash or not. It was some real life true. I wanted a girl to know that, like, I really love you. I know, Don't hurt my heart. You know, don't break. I, I really love you. And so at the end of the day, it was just a, you was got, some puppy love shit. Yeah, you got with the right people and... The song took another life, and you know, uh, I, I I thank you know Frank Ferrion, the, the the big producer, and the Miller Vanilli f- for remaking it because it it sort of gave me the energy and the passion to say, learn the business of music, just don't be in the music business, and so that's what I I, I strive to do, just learn the business of music. Kev, you write this song, mm-hmm. you you guys are out there performing it yourselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then the record gets stolen from y'all. Like, like yeah. it gets stolen from y'all. And then you, when did you realize another group was doing this song? Yeah, you know, I I, 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 I tell a story and it's for, I'll tell it here. I'll tell the real uncut story. I'm yeah. chilling at my house. I'm, I don't know, I was 17, 18, whatever, at my mom's house. And I'm chilling with a girl and I'm like, Shorty, turn the radio down. Because the record was playing in, in my hometown. Was that an issue? It was said, your record. My record, record playing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Turn the radio down. She said, Kevin, that's not the record. That's the TV. I said, TV? We don't have no video. We, did, we, we ain't have no video. So I woke up, I see two guys performing my record. 
Two strange looking to, dudes. I, I didn't know what it was. I said, and you're from B-more too. Yeah, I'm, and I'm like, yo, yo who are these clowns? What, what are they doing? They bouncing around. They got biker whatever. shorts. Yeah, I said, <laughs> man, tore my ass up. It, it it made me made me again learn the business of music. Um, we sued and everything, and we got all our rights back. And you know, it gave us a little bit of money to do some things that we wanted to do. And I, again, I'll never trade that moment. And you know, if I, you know, like I said, I, I did. I knew I was a writer, but I didn't know right. to what extent. And but God, God, you know, He gave me some notoriety. He didn't give me the the biggest platform. Took it away. But then the guys that I signed and the guys that I was able to to partner with and oversee at Def Jam was ten times bigger. You right. know what I mean? You sold eighteen million copies of that record. Let's not. I always used to joke when I came. Working for them, I'm like, yo, y'all ain't selling no more records than me. <laughs> I said, y'all, I, I sold 18 million copies. I'm an intern. Y'all, y'all, ain't, y'all ain't selling no more records than me. You know what I mean? But uh, that was like, uh, I remember they said, yeah, you did that there, but what you gonna do here? Yeah. And so it was a challenge uh, for me because you, you, you got to understand it. Um, I guess I was 23, 24, whatever, when at Def Jam, and you know, I was named president at at, at 30. So I'm like. God, what 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 is going on? <laughs> like, I, I, like all I'm gonna do is just taking a hand. I'm gonna work harder than everybody. You know what I mean? So, but that this was a this this is some unique shit, dude. Because mm-hmm. you you're not taking anything away from you, mm-hmm. but you're falling into making a record. I guess nominated for that that that, that gets the Grammy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like you're falling into that shit. Yeah, some people you could you could say falling into it, but I I, I looked at it as I'm not, and like I said, I'm not taking anything away I, from I, you. I get it, but it was a gift. It was right. it was a gift. You were trying to impress the girls, and then it's you make a was, Grammy. But what do you think? Award, I need, award. Let me ask you. What do you think? I need love was about. What do you think? Hard knock life was about. What do you think? Get at me, dog was about. What do you think? Uh, Some local shit like, that we like, love. You, you know what I mean? It's, it just it just you can't. Don't push me because I'm close to the mm. edge. Come on, what do you think? Left me lonely. Like you, you know, what I mean? well, you can listen. Even even you go to the to today, twenty four hours or Tuesday. <laughs> you know, like even with 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 my boy Trey. You know, that foreign. It's he living his life. He just it's just what it is. So it was at that point in time, it was just my life. Right. Suck MC was just Their life. running them life right, at right. that time. So when you tell your truth. You'd be amazed at things that happen from the truth. It's when you don't tell the truth is when those things will happen. So, you know, I would have to say 80% of this is luck. You know what I mean? Because there's a lot of people who tell the truth and you never get hurt. Right. If if Millie Vanilli didn't remake Girl, You Know It's True, I can't really say it would have sold 18 million copies. Right. Because I went, I went brick. They went multi-platinum. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> did you ever meet them dudes? Yeah, man. I wrote four new records for their second album. Never came out never though. Came but out. <laughs> shit, I realized that about the, of owning, writing, and publishing at that particular time. I said, "Oh, eighteen. Okay, let me write some more songs for you guys." I, I believe that I maybe I, I'm I'm too hood to do what they do, and so I believe I could be behind the scenes and and just write records, and that's what it was. Did you think it was poetic justice when they got stripped of the Grammy back then? For for lip syncing the song in the whole nine. Nah, like honestly, uh, you see, you know, me being where I'm at and had the opportunity, you see so much stuff that I think that people cared about it, but they didn't care about it, right. and I, I think that it's just unfortunate that you know one of them lost a life right, uh, right, right, on right, right. never living up to what he was exposed to, um, and. You know, people don't play their position. It's just a lot of lot of things, man. I don't wish no ill will off for anybody who getting their hustle on or 
or get run into a certain kind of luck. If it's their truth, I really think Millie Vanilli was living their particular truth. They were dancers. Right. They were living their truth, but they just happened to f- fall into something that was bigger than them and they didn't know how to handle it. You that's, know? that's crazy, man. So mm-hmm. so now you've really got the bug mm-hmm. for like the music industry. Mm-hmm. You, you got a hit record. Mm-hmm. You, the lawsuit, you got a little bit of money mm-hmm. in your pocket. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you meet one of your earlier mentors, from, from professional mentors, Wes Johnson, mm-hmm. who kind of walked you in the game. Yeah. Tell us about Wes Johnson. Uh, well, first off, God rest his soul and his family because, you know, passed this year. Um, so Wes was a DJ from D.C. And Wes used to play my records. Okay. So Wes was like the first real rap promo guy. I, I don't care who want to talk about whatever. Wes was the real. Wes got records played that people didn't believe could get played. played right. So nationally, nationally, okay. and he he was the Wes Party Johnson. So he was like, I went to. I remember I was at one of the conferences back in the day, Jack the Rapper, whatever it was. And so I was New Moss Cav back then. And he was senior vice president of marketing and promotion at Def Jam. And right. I said, yo, Wes, give me, um, you know, Wes, nobody know this like I know this. And he said, you should give me a job. He said, I'm going to give me a job. I said, what do you mean? You used to play my records. He said, yeah, because they were good. And now you got to go earn your stripes here. I said, what do you mean? He said, won't you intern? I said, intern? I'm making all this money. Yeah. I'm I'm great. What do you mean, intern? I'm getting girls now. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm good. I, he, said, he, said, I he said, yo, interning for Def Jam. Right. I said, I hear what you're saying. So they had me intern, and I shout out to my man Kevin Mitchell for a kid named Kevin Mitchell who left Boston and came down to Mid-Atlantic. And he wanted me to, you know, he didn't want me to intern. He, I was put on him to intern. And um, he had an issue with one of my boys getting into a radio station, Frank Ski back then. Frank Ski was in Baltimore. So I called Frank. I said, yo, my man is here. He said, Kev, whatever you want me to do. And it was that moment that Kevin Mitchell, he, he got on a conference call. I remember this vividly. He said, my intern is better than all of us at the company right now. Mm. So he got moved up. I worked to get his job and the, the rest is history. So again, you you never know why. I, I could have said, I'm not interning. Right. I could have said, why am I interning for a guy who don't even can't even get into the radio station that, you know, but I never took it like that. You know, this is back in the day when we were doing Def Comedy Jam. It was like we were, it was just so much on fire, you know. And when when the record side was cold, Def Comedy Jam was hot. You right. know, when, it, when the, the, the record side got, got hot, you know, we decided to do poetry. Like, it's just, you know, but it was, again, it was like we were like a, a four-headed monster. You know, there's so many things going on, whether it was poetry, comedy, gaming, electronics. We just were into a lot of different things. No, it, it was a different time, man. I, I graduated from, from Georgetown. Okay. And wanted to get from Georgetown Law mm-hmm. and wanted to get in the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first opportunity I got was interning at Def Jam in 89. Wow. And under Andy Tavel. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I was like, yo, like like my colleagues were going on to get mm-hmm. jobs mm-hmm. for like 60000 and the whole nine. And you about to That intern. was big money back then. I was like, then, yo, baby. listen, this is <laughs> Def Jam. Right. So I got the gig mm-hmm. at Def Jam mm-hmm. down on Broadway. Mm-hmm. Andy got fired two months three three months after i got in so wow. i had to, had to get let go right but i had def jam on the resume mm-hmm. and that shit yeah like you know I, I don't think i don't think that situation exists right now where a, a, a brand or a label is that strong that once you get them stamped on your resume it, it really opens up that door for you man i tell you what my man uh, it was another kevin he used to own a record shop in dc and back then he, he used to say Kev, I need a Def Jam jacket. I said, 
Ooh. Ooh. Def Jam jacket. Varsity. Yo, that Varsity? Yeah, varsity what? Jacket. And so, <laughs> you know, we, we only do like 200, 300 of them a year. Yeah. And so if you got that, you know what that was. He Man, said, I got that. He said, yo, you know, some people get a police badge. Yes. But I got that Def Jam jacket. I got more respect than anybody in the hood. And that, to me, is what that logo meant. So really, I, I understand. Um, and I fight myself every day for that not to be the only thing people know me for. And I've, of course, I've, 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 I've lived through it. But I, I got my, my bachelor's from Def Jam. Mm. You know, uh, mm. and, and I'll never, you know, that logo, like I said, it just, just means so much to the culture. And, and even to this day, I wish everybody um, the best there. And, and hopefully they, they continue to preserve um, the legacy in which, you know, hip hop was formulated in a way that it was accepted to commercial you know um success i find it uh humorous that you leave baltimore mm-hmm. you come to def jam mm-hmm. first day at def jam you got the suit on <laughs> you get to the office Yo, you know all the shit <laughs> you get to the office yeah. and the, the area this is before gentrification yeah. shit is cracked out <laughs> you get in there with your suit and what, what was what was the, what was the reception that you got man uh, you know, people look at me, it's not a law office. You know, people looking at me like it's not engineering school or anything. But again, I was taught that when you went to go for a job, you Be put professional. a suit on. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you, you bring your information. So I came up with their briefcases of, of studies and things. Cuff links. That, that, I, I had all that. Yeah. I, you went, you went, by the way, I was prepared for that moment. You know what I mean? I wasn't, I wasn't interviewing for a job. I, I felt Your future. I, I felt it was about e- even more than that. The example that I wanted to leave is that even though you might have been a Fortune 500 company, you know, which we wasn't at that time, I wanted to interview for a Fortune 100 company. Mm. And in order to, to do that, you had to not only have the information and live it, but you have to breathe it and, and prepare for it. And it's just... I was just taught that way. So you, again, I'm a different kind of breed coming in to an environment where party hard, you know, make good music, you know, come to work at 11 o'clock. And it's just a, I just didn't grow up in that. I was coming from an engineering background, but I was from the street. So it's like, it was like a different kind of, I had the best of all worlds, you know, at that particular time. So the, the, the suit, was Russell was not fucking with the suit, B. No, it took him a long time. Listen, it took him a long time to to do that. But you know, I mean, Russell posted a picture of him when he was twenty seven and fat as fuck. And and, <laughs> and if you look at me back then, I was fat as fuck. And right. now we both, you know, healthy and blessed. And you know, I'm not vegan, but you know, I, I make sure I eat right. And you know, God's been good to both of us. And and I just said. I, I learned that that suit um, at that particular time defined the point where I was. Uh, and as I went on and I traded it, you know, I, I grew up with, you know, Air Force Ones. Russell and them grew up with Adidas, you know, so I was a Nike guy. So my culture was we stomping the Air Force Ones. If you come around here with them pointy shoes on and stuff, like I, I just changed the whole thing that I wanted to have my own stamp and, you know, walk in my shoes. So, I, I never, even to this day, I still get dressed up. I still come, but you can't take 
you know, my Jordans away and you can't take, you know, my Tims away. Especially with the forces. B more was big on uh, you know, the forces, what? man. What? I mean, people I remember Charlie uh, Rudos. Yeah. That was a spot. I people we used to go from Brooklyn all the way to Baltimore to get Tell forces you, and yo. all different flavors and colors. Yeah, that was our thing. That was that like, you know, that was that was just our thing. You know what I mean? BVDs, you know, coat shorts, you know, Air Force Ones and you know, uh, like I said, I, I just been blessed to to uh take what out where I was from and this is where whatever place can you infuse your culture with the culture not mm-hmm. just another space that we were not a record company it was a lifestyle company right. you know that happened to sell records but really what we were selling was lifestyle yep you know we were teaching people how you can be an activist on um, public enemy you can fight for your right to party with beasties Beasties. you could please listen to my demo with you know EPMD or you can time for some action or you could piss be, on uh, the crumbs with with slick rick yeah yeah you just you you, you just uh, what what we were and, and 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 again a lot of this i lived as a fan so my 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 greatest era was the creation of when we said we we want to be not quote unquote the label but the platform so we became the def jam music group and rockefeller murder inc Disturbing the peace, rough ride, rough ride. Mm. like it, that. You you don't come on, man. You 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 talk about spawning different businesses and allowing, and that's that's how I was brought in to Def Jam. Nobody told me to be like them. They said be you, and uh, from that we were able to to just spawn a whole another culture of entrepreneurs. Now you started like when you you were doing all this promo when mm-hmm. you were down in Baltimore, but when mm-hmm. you got to Def Jam, is it true that you was just making the coffee? I did. I did everything. Right. I, I never like. I. I never. Whatever it was. It, like. I, I really. There was no ego. It's, it's just for what? Right. Everybody had more money than me. Right. You know, it wasn't about ego. It wasn't about what I wanted. It was about what needed to be done. And I, the thing I can encourage your, the next generation, and even if you're trying to press reset on your life, just do what needs to be done, but do it better than anybody else, and you will have a different value proposition than that person that think they deserve something because they spent some time in school, because they got a piece of paper, or because they got they know somebody who knew somebody. I didn't know anybody. I knew me, and I knew how to make the best. And like even with Wes, uh, you know, I, I knew of him because he played my records, but, you know, he became my man because he helped change my life. You know, he, did, he was not my man prior, prior to that. So I, I, I just feel like this generation right now, you know, it ain't about what you can Google. It's about what you get out there and do. Right. And, and you know, I, I don't want to make it a generational thing because I, I came up with cats that felt entitled. But a lot of cats, a lot of these cats right now, they feel just because they got some, 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 something on the Internet, mm-hmm. they're entitled to shit. Mm-hmm. Like you mm-hmm. had no entitlement. Like you actually were spending your own money at times mm-hmm. out of your own pocket to, 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 to get your job done. Yeah, to this day. I mean that that's that's the the hustle never name me somebody who hustled ain't ain't spent their own that that's just what it is because it's never when you have when your vision is greater than what you're doing you gotta put your own in and right. that's just just that's what it was and and I'll I'll take you know the the families that sacrifice for the kids to have a better life than them for the kids to have a bigger education in them you know they they putting up their own. They're not, you know, what if you, what if you can't get government help? What if you can't get a scholarship? You putting up your own. So why not invest? What the, the best investment that you can make is in yourself. Right. Mm. What, what, what are you, what, this is what I tell you. So you'll spend 
$200 on a pair of jeans. You'll go buy, you know, $300 pair of shoes, whatever. you get all nice for one moment. But you, if you take that same amount of money and invest into yourself as an entrepreneur, who knows what comes out of that? Right. And so I was never afraid to spend my own money. Right. And now, you, you, you touched on how, when you got there, when you mm-hmm. got to Def Jam, mm-hmm. or you got to the music industry, the culture, was you, you get to the office at 11 o'clock, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But you're observing people, and you notice that, at the time, the guy that's running the company, Leo, mm-hmm. is the first guy in the office at 9 o'clock. Yeah, he's he's there at nine o'clock, mm-hmm. and you decide that shit. Everybody else is getting in at, at eleven. Here's a guy that's running the company here at nine. I gotta beat him. Mm-hmm. Like, where did that come from, man? Just I wanted to be the best, and so you look at the best and you work hard on. But I didn't know anything different. You know, I was again. I came from a a different when I dedicate my life to to engineering. It's like engineers don't sleep. Right. You know what I mean? They're trying to figure out the world. They're trying to figure out how do you make a a, a, a better theory on, you know, the chemical balance of, of, of this or, 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 or that. To me, it was you got you can't sleep. And I always had a, a, a theory with mine. A radio station never sleeps. It's on 24 hours a day. And, I, and you know, I grew up when the TV went off. At a certain point in time, oh, yeah, that U- U- H- <laughs> you know, whatever the hell happened to that? They, they played you, you like the, the, the anthem, right? Right, like the American uh, anthem, yes, national anthem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we so, go back. <laughs> yeah. So I, 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 like to me, um, I believe that we had to serve our culture and our community twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. So it's no way the president of the company at that time was going to outwork me and an employee. It just wasn't going to happen. So. Um, uh, to this day, I'm blessed to work with somebody that challenged me. You know, even to this day, you know, it's, it's 25 years, however long it's been, somebody who challenged me to be the best that I can be every day because every day he challenged himself to be the best that he can be. Right. And so it was not, you know, it was no way, you know, we just had to call truce. <laughs> we just had to say. Like, did y'all you know, actually have a conversation? Yeah, like, oh, yeah, yeah, Tell, yeah, tell yeah, us about yeah. that conversation. Well, man. you know, it was just, it, it got to the point, <laughs> it just got to the point that, that every day, if he's gonna come in a little bit early, I was gonna come in a little. Oh, bit so, early. He start, so he started. So he started coming. He knew in. what it was. Right. He knew. He knew because he was the example. Right. And when 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 you got somebody challenging the example, um, and you're the and you're not now no this but you're the underling, uh, man, pushing I, no, him. I'm the ling. You're the ling. <laughs> I'm not even under. I, I only. By the way, didn't he have a title? It was like you know I, I was there, but he was somebody that uh, he wanted to just be the best. You know right. you you got to understand. You got Rick. And Russell, uh, quote unquote, creators and founders of something that spawned so many great people, so many great talent, so many careers, um, so, so many it's, moments. It, it, it's, you, you can't even. So how are you gonna fill that shoes? Yeah. So you have to define your own space, and that was one of the things that that he told me. What's what's gonna be your legacy, your footprint? And so what I said was work ethic, morals, uh, systems, operations, those things just became important to me because I looked at it and I said, where do I fit in? It was no way I was going to out-hustle Russell. Right. It was no way I was going to out-beat Rick. Because you wasn't fucking with that coke it, like it, Russell it, it, was back <laughs> in the day. It was no way, no, no way I was doing none of that right. with them. You know, and it was no way I was going to, you know, out-think Leor, so I had to see what what part could that I out, could play, right. you know, that I could call my own, right? And it was 
infrastructure, accountability, responsibility, um, what it, systems, processes, and things. And so I created, and part of it was um, showing up. You know, you got to show up, man. You know, even if you're out four or five o'clock in the morning in the gotta club, got to show up. You got to be there in the morning because if an artist is just going to bed at eight o'clock and he wanted to call because he needed something, I wanted to answer that call. Right. So, so, so Leo says to you, listen, man, this is it. Like, like no more competition. You got it. Like in terms of this truce. Uh, it, it was, it was more so, I mean, it went on for years. I mean, right. it wasn't like, it was, it was just at the point where when artists would come to the office, they would come to my office first. Right. right, right. And so it was just, it just got to a point where he felt uh, the importance of not just having lieutenants, but having partners. Right. And I'm blessed that he, you know, made me one of them. Now, now Leo's notorious for cutting ass, man. Like <laughs> Leo is notorious. <laughs> Did he ever get in your ass, man? Pause. Oh, hey, hey, um, let me let me say this. There's such a level of respect between us. Um, has he ever made me work harder? The answer is yes. Has he ever made me learn from my mistakes? The answer is yes. Did he ever bark on you? <sighs> I, I I mean, I can't remember a day in my right. life that he ever said something to me that was disrespectful, uh, ever said something to me that I didn't deserve uh, him having that kind of conversation with. But I'm a, I'm a different dude because you don't have to tell me about respect. If I fuck up, it's because I made a mistake, not because I slept. Right. Not because I wasn't paying attention, not because something else is more important. It's because in natural growth, there's some things you just don't know. You're ignorant to it. I remember a story. I, I threw a deaf college jam. I had a, made the own logo, put it up on a museum down in D.C. It was Biggie Smalls, Method Man, Onyx, EPMD, and somebody else, Red Man, and I threw it at a museum. I didn't know that for a museum you had to have museum insurance. I think you can get this regular insurance. But you got museum <laughs> pieces in there. Yeah, you got so artifacts I, and all yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I messed up. I, I messed up it. So I remember him, everybody yelling at me, why would you think you could do this? But this is that. And Leo said, what did you learn from the decision that you make? <laughs> I said, number one, get insurance. You know, have make sure you 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 do you do what you're supposed to do and do the due research. diligence. You know, and I said, I, I, I should have brought the, the lawyers and CFO in. I learned that. But I said, but Leo, we shut the city down. <laughs> we shut it down. I had everything. He said, but did you learn from it? I said, absolutely. But we shut it down. He said, I heard you shut it down. <laughs> <laughs> so like at the end of the day, he allowed me to make those um, mistakes. And like I said, a lot of people get it twisted because you, you want greatness and you don't settle for mediocrity doesn't mean you getting in people's ass paws. You know, it just doesn't mean you, it just means there's a certain level. It's like the difference between being a Navy SEAL and being in the Navy. Being a green, in the Green BA and just being, you know, being honest, being an all-star and just being in the NBA. It's just a different level of respect and honor and, you know, whatever you put your name on. And this is a guy who wore Def Jam. We always say Leo's pre-sucker MC, you know what I mean? It's a guy who wore it on his heart worn on the sleeve you know i got the tattoo you know what i mean I don't, I don't literally have a tattoo but it was just you you couldn't tell me about being def jam in that era you know it was just what it was in my life so he's like a guy 
that um, I never I never took it any way other than he wanted to be the best. He right. wanted the best commercial, the best records. He wanted to hit. He wanted to have seventy percent market share. That's p- shit that people didn't even think about at that particular time because they were not living the label. You know, they were just working at record company. But even somebody like uh, I would say like Leo obviously was one of the top guys. Mm-hmm. But even being from the hood, and this is something I think that the readers, uh, even the listeners, and anybody could understand is that. You know, when you grow up in the hood and you take an intern spot, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's not only about like the big boss. Sometimes the other people mm-hmm. that may, you know, how did you deal with uh, some like some, maybe some discouraging moments at times? You know, where people may say things or, or treat. You know, I, I worked in corporate. Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes you know it gets it, it gets people say things that could drive you you know a little crazy that you're not used to. Growing up in the hood and working in corporate, you know, was it discouraging for you? All, 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 listen, you you got to think about. Being from Baltimore, I went from Queens. I did. Nobody was my uncle. Nobody. I didn't know anybody. So all my stuff was based off of my work. So everybody tried to get me fired at one time. People didn't want to listen to me because they knew Russell or Hey. Well, they, Why were they trying to get you fired, man? Because you were the goody two shoes, or no? I wasn't. It was just that I was an agent of change. Right. I was different. You know, I, I didn't want to be late. I, so if they wanted to be a 10, I wanted to be 20. Right. You know, if they wanted to come in at nine, I wanted everybody there at seven. If they, I always wanted more than the status quo. And when you, when you're that kind of person, you're going to make some enemies. You're going to make some, and, and, and like I said, you know, people can say I was, you know, they didn't like me or whatever, but we were a better company based off of my vision and based off of the things that I implemented in the company. And, and, and like, I, I love the fact that you recognize, you know, it was never just about Leo and Russell or, or, or Rick. It was about the very core of the company that uh, I had to engage and embrace and figure out how do we come together and build a very special place. And it, it, it taught me a very um, good lesson when I was, I mean, I think I was a general manager at that time. And they had asked me to go train people when it was my job to train people, it was the vice president's job or the senior vice president. And he taught, he said, and Wes was one of the guys, he said, listen, you're not doing my job. You creating our future. Mm. This is, this is what, it's like, yeah, is right. it, who says that? Who, who says that, that this is that, the that guy, wisdom. That, who says that, you know, the guy that took me from my house and knew that I was at the, the apparent next, you know what I mean? The heir apparent, whatever they call heir it. Apparent. He said, you know, you 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 you're not taking my job. You creating our future, our future, and that to me was the environment uh, at that time. And I tell people every day. And Leon Russell told me. I said, "We didn't give you Def Jam. You took Def Jam. Mm. They never. They and and even even when they tried to give it to me, uh, and I think it was like '96 or something. I said, "Yo, I'm not ready," and I wasn't ready because the majority of the company was not ready for me to be president. And you knew this. I knew it in my heart. I right. knew, and, and I knew me. I was just fresh up there four years in New York. I didn't put enough work in. I didn't have enough of examples of why you need to follow my direction and my leadership. And it's I didn't have enough battle scars. So, so you declined. Declined, yeah. The first and, time. And, and they went with that. Yeah, they. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, like I said, most of the artists they, they would they would they would be like, "Yo, Kev's the guy." Kev's. It wasn't that Kev's the president and not like that. He they just they just felt a certain way about how I conducted. You couldn't go through a city, a country, or anything without me having stuff right. You know right. what I mean? So at the end of the day, they just felt comfortable. So you still had to be on the ground as oh, opposed to 
Yeah, every day. In the control room. Every day. I yeah. can't, I, like, at, at the end of the day, man, I don't, the control room's cool and everything. Um, but the ground is, is, but, is but where it's if, at. If you want to the touch, taste, and tone of it, you just have to be there. Now, that goes without saying that you, you know, that I had this thing with me and, you know, Lear say he did it first, but this is me and his back and forth shit. You know, you got to find a way. You got to nurture a way, but you also got to know when to get out of the way. Yeah. And part of my my legacy is, guys, I, I really, I, I remember Jay said, listen, I'm as long as long as you let me still be in it and be the greatest rapper, I'm going to still do it. You know what I mean? Until somebody come, it's like, you know, I've been blessed to still be able to do what I do here. And I'm not trying to ha- have nothing be- bigger than somebody else, or, but I'm going to be the best, Kevin. Yeah. And whatever company I work for, I want us to, to be the best. But I also have to know when there's the next generation of kids, but they got to want it. And I, I'm going to force them to be better than me. And if you're not better than me, you're bummed. Yeah. Because you should be better than me now. And that's how I feel about it. You you, you also talk about when you're on the ground with mm-hmm. these artists, mm-hmm. like as you're learning the culture, mm-hmm. you know, you know, out there, you know, in the field, like initially you had resentment towards the craziness mm-hmm. of these artists. You talk mm-hmm. about a situation when you're on tour with, with Red and Meth mm-hmm. and, 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 and Red, dives into the crowd and almost dies and you're like what the fuck are you doing well he he, he jumped up on the light i remember it was in pennsylvania somewhere it was on first show right yeah it was on the i think it was uh forgot what tour this was but this is when we had high high the show it was a, the show tour whatever so red jumps up on the uh the lighting thing whatever that thing is called the shit is hot red the, what are you doing <laughs> the shit is hot he right. jumps up and of course it's hot and he falls down in the middle of the crowd. So Meth jumps off stage. <laughs> Real dudes don't die. I ain't gonna tell you what he really said. You know, you, we don't die. We don't die. But 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 Red is laying no, there. No, the Red is laying there. Like out. I, yo, he got up and they finished the show. And I only say that to say, and so we had a long conversation at it. Red ain't never jump on another light in his life. But were you, were you, were you backstage barking on him? Like what the? I, not, again, I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not a, I can't more about his life right. than than what he did. Right. Because even to this day, you go to a show, they dive in this, they doing that. But I, but it was more so about think about the consequences of what could happen if it don't go right. So just do me a favor, just think next time. Right. <laughs> but, <laughs> just next but, time, think about. But at the same time, you walked away from that saying, "Yo, mm-hmm. the dedication that they had to their fans mm-hmm. was limitless." I wouldn't have got up. Right. I know what that was. I mean, I saw the fall. I, I know what it was. It, it would have took taken me a lot to get up um, from that. But he was committed. And saw shit afterwards, you know. But he was committed to um, his fans and committed to. He had a partner. His partner, crime method man, who was c- crying for him. And, and it's not not tears, but like, yo, you got to get up. You got to get up. This is this red meth. You know, real niggas don't real, die. Real yeah, niggas don't yeah, die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's what he said. So it's like. It's just a moment in time, man. And we had a lot of a lot of those moments, and I remember diving in crowds after them and getting to in. make sure they were safe. Yeah, I, I did. Again, they were my responsibility. You, right. you gotta you gotta understand something. It wasn't. It's like uh, they weren't products to me. They were people. They were humans. You know, they were human beings. They were fathers. They were brothers. They were sons. And and even to this day, I tell my my, my clients, rest assured, I'm gonna treat your son, your daughter like it was my own so i i was a protector a friend a brother just everything to them so if i saw them ever putting themselves in danger i'm in danger yeah 
and we in danger and we're going to get out of it in that kind of way. So that's what it was, man. And, and I, I like even to this day, you know, you you can ask all of them. They know what it was with me and I know what it was with them because all of every everyone I've ever had, we've been in a situation where, you know, either it was me getting them out of something or them getting me out of something. Well, what were they getting you out of, man? I just didn't tolerate bullshit. Right. You know what I mean? I, I didn't you you disrespect, you know, what we do and, and our culture and things like that. You being a knucklehead around that I just didn't tolerate it and I, I didn't if you didn't treat them like the goal that they were. And I'm not praise I'm not putting praise over um, uh, uh, over God in in a way that's talking about you know a human being, but you but, saw the true value in them, and you but you I, I saw appreciated that. Cha- I saw right. things that change. I saw kids, uh, a woman who wanted to be a better woman because she heard something a, a lyric in somebody. I saw uh, a person that 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 wanted to be better than them lyrically. That they worked hard at it, and you know how you know when Meth had his his kids, you know he became not only method man but he wanted to be clifford to be a better father you know what i mean and how x fought with the back and forth of the demons and and the god and but really wanted the best for his family like i I saw it all you you i mean this is the stuff from behind the scenes that you you were able to live with kids and the the moment when you say i you know what i i think i'm i understand where i'm at my my career and i'm gonna go do tv and now still you're the number one TV show on CBS. Yeah. Like I, I, I lived it. You understand when you when you're a b-boy and you put that mic down and you it's a, just a hobby to you, then you know what I mean. Or you lose, you know, one of your partners that that you don't know what that is. You never lived life without them. You know what I mean. I know what that is. So we talk about human beings. Right. We talk about like this ain't no record. This ain't rap, you know what I mean? This is real He's alive. life. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's a different different thing with me, you yeah. know? Listen, we're we going to move on, but I, I want to take a quick break, man. All good, baby. You know, I want to, I because cause, cause, cause you're giving us some gems, man. And I want the audience to soak this up. Internets, you tune into the Combat Jack Show, combatjackshow.com. F your radio, F your podcast, and F your TV show. Be right back. What to do this, Kevin Gates? And right now, you're listening to the Combat Jack Show. I don't get tired. Internet, you tune into the Combat Jack Show, the combatjackshow.com. We're sitting here with Mr. Kevin Lyles, mm-hmm. being so gracious enough to share us, share with us this incredible story, man. But it's ther- I got, like I said, we was at the break. Yes. Y'all, as much as I'm sharing a story, it's, it's therapy to me. And the fact that that 30 years later, you know, I'm, I started when I was 16, you know, 30 years later, that I can sit and talk about the greatness and the goodness of a culture and sit here it just makes me feel good that I, I've been able to to do it, and I'm not done. I got it's just so much. Oh, you got more. so much more to do. Yeah, man. so much more I want to get done. It's so. not over. Yeah, it's not over. You're a young dude, man. <laughs> Yo, you know, I noticed uh, in the in the first portion, man, that your hesitancy um, with the N word, with the word nigger. Mm-hmm. T- talk about that, man. Um, I mean, I always. I mean, you can go back in the day and find tapes of me saying it to the point um it was just i was a product of my environment you know what i mean it just just was what it was you know but when i became a product of my experiences like i always teach people when you talking about buying a company for three billion dollars when you're talking about um the jeep 
DPD of a country, <laughs> there's, there's certain things ain't ain't said. Right. And um, I just believe there's a better way to express myself than using certain terms. And and I remember vividly, I said, how can I give a term of endearment in the same manner as I would say, yo, my end, you know? And so I just started to, when I meet people and when I saw people that I love, I said, man, yo, God bless you. And you would imagine from the guys on the street, if you go to them and they're used to that and I say, yo, God bless you. Mom turned to me and said, "Yo, bless you too, Kev. <laughs> you know because they had, had no option. God, you know, you had, it's not. It's not even. It's not even a. And it was that. That was a turning point in my life that um, I said. And again, kids had a lot to do with it. Um, um, I really don't. I really don't want my my daughter. You know, saying my B right. or uh, my son saying it. No matter what it is, and right. this is a personal choice. And me, I don't condone what anybody else do." rock out you know what i mean but um to me i want I, I want us to think bigger think better uh use other words create other terms of endearment and, and love for one another yeah i'm still wrestling with it man mm -hmm. i'm still wrestling with it but i gotta tell you man i love the intro to the to the other podcast that you did, that you did the one epstein mm -hmm. with, when, when russell was introducing you mm -hmm. and russell's like yo this is kevin <laughs> my nigga this my nigga that and i just knew you were <laughs> and i just i just love that that contrast man but that that's all like like i said i don't i, I don't i don't mind it it's right. like it, it, it's like people can how use could it. you mind it, it because you know it i know i i lived it I, right. I know but it's just a certain point in my life that i um again i remember i was that was a keynote speaker at um so I was keynote. Down in Atlanta? Was it in Atlanta or? No, we was in Miami. Miami and, okay. uh, he go Harvard Business School. This is a young boy. You yeah. Know, I don't, how we got you, some young how boys. How old are you? 27? Yeah, you're not that young. He, he's from <laughs> Harvard. See, he go Harvard. He's on the come up. Yeah, yeah, we wasn't there. We wasn't at Harvard. So so I was like, yo, am I in this? Am I in this? And y'all know my... And I look at it now and I say, you know, one of the things about technology, and be careful what you say because it's going to be there forever. Ever. Be careful what you do. Because it's going to be there, especially now. Right? This mm. is what I'm mm. saying. So now I, I just choose to, um, to to just do it in a different way. And again, I, I I applaud people who think differently, act differently. I applaud people who say how they feel. But be you. Just truly be you. I just can't do it anymore because I don't feel it like that. You know, right. I'd rather tell you, God bless you, and feel good about that, and and help you see something else than to just. Uh, I say conform to, oh, he's supposed to say that. I just ain't that dude. Yo, Kevin, man, you talked earlier about how, you know, you really fought for your artists and the people on your team um, against disrespect. Mm -hmm. Like you really saw the value in them and you wouldn't accept an ounce of disrespect to them. But we know the industry, we know how labels go, and we know, you know, the legacy of Def Jam and, and the, the larger-than-life characters that, that this label you know, adapted, created, and produced. How did you deal with disrespect that came your way? I mean, I never, you know, people always ask me, you know, um, I, I just, and I, and I never feared no man could right. say nothing to me. Ever. It's just, it just, listen, we all knew what it was. Right. You know what I mean? Like, if it ever 
went down to going down, we all knew what it was. Right. Ain't, ain't nothing ever going to change with that. You nice with your hands, Kevin? And nah, nah I'm, a lot of things. But <laughs> okay. listen, I, I, what, what what I'll just say, like, um, I didn't feel it was. It's important to diss somebody else out of the passion for what they believed in. I know because I, I feel this. I got put out of radio stations before. I got put out of stores before. I got put out of stuff because it's just certain things I wouldn't tolerate. Now I handle it different. Right. But um, I never felt like <laughs> we were joking the other day. If, if we in if we in war right now, all still all hell start breaking loose, and we all had machine guns or grenades. I'm sorry if all hell breaks loose. I'm not gonna say. Hey, P, can you do me a favor and pass me that grenade? I'm mean, yo, give me that motherfucking grenade. Right. I need yeah. I, the, the niceness go out of it. You know what I mean? It's that because it's urgent. But it's urgent. It's, it's at that time. So I don't, I don't, I don't uh, dislike or feel a certain way about people because everybody really knew what it was. You know what I mean? And everybody had to do what they need to do to make them feel how they were. But I never worried about it. Anybody could say they could talk crazy, but it, it never really means it's talk. It just never but it, really it never penetrated, man. It never got through, like nah. Because I, 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 I keep a cool head, mm-hmm. but I have a temper also. Like if I feel that somebody's being unnecessarily disrespectful to me, I mean, not you. You know, I just let me ask you a question. Yeah. So, my mom didn't talk crazy to me before. My brother didn't talk crazy to me before. And the love I have for my family, I understood it. So God tells you to love you. Your family is not just you. It's anybody around you. So unless it goes to hands, it's just a mistake and a misunderstanding that they don't know how to express themselves to get their point across. So through frustration, it goes into anger. <laughs> and again, I, I just, because where I, where I come from, this yapping. <laughs> you know, it's just saying, yeah, all right, cool. And people deal with that. Right, right. You know what I mean? That like they 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 deal with that. I, I can't deal with that. I got too much to lose. Yeah. You know what I mean? To deal with that. But when you cross the the the, the words never cross the line to me. You know what I mean? I, they just never words can never cross the line with me. I, I just don't care about it like that. You know what I mean? Yo, that classic scene from uh backstage mm-hmm. with Damon Dash mm-hmm. and the cameras is rolling. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, I know you just answered the question, but how? Like how? Um, was yeah. A lot of people don't know. I had to approve for that to yes, be. Yes, and and I know you had yeah. In the in the in the, the movie, but I wanted, you could cut out. You could edit whatever. Oh you yeah, wanted. we, we could like that that did man. And, and so we all spoke about it, and the end result was, I want people to know the kind of man I am. That it didn't matter, like uh, you know, people, it wasn't about ego. That just that it never had it had never had nothing to do with that because, we were talking about jackets. <laughs> we were talking about at the end of the day um every artist was signed to where Def Jam we were talking about the tour opportun- <laughs> the tour was a we talking we were talking about an opportunity that we all worked hard on together so if if it was a mistake that I made um cuz I didn't say hey cuz if 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 they would have came out with other jackets and everybody gave, I wouldn't, it wouldn't, it wouldn't have bothered me. It right. would have been, it was a good token of appreciation and gift, but I understood it though. And that's why to this day, there's, there's never any ill will. Like you, you, you could talk to Dame. That's that like, it's like, he know with me, it, it's never no 
because I'm not that that kind of dude. Anything right. that was done, it was done out of love and respect and growth and for the team. You know, for, just for the greater. I always talk about the, the greater good. You know, so how um, God, you know, why God, belief, greater good, um, because it never it never really. And I don't, I don't like I can tell you the stuff, the, the things that bother me, you won't hear about because right. it was handled. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? Like the things I didn't, the things I don't care about, you could, people could talk about. But if I if I really cared about it, it was done, just right. dealt with. You know. When was I mean? the last time you spoke to Damon, man? I don't know, about eight nine months ago. He's being very vocal right now. Mm-hmm. He's he's talking about the the culture vultures and mm-hmm. he's calling out names. He's calling out you. He's calling mm-hmm. out Leo. Mm-hmm. Like, wh- what do you think that's coming from, man? Um, hopefully, it's coming from a a place just giving him a, a, a sense of finding, finding where he is now. Um, I, I, I really don't think it's negative. I, I, I just know the dude, you know yeah. what I mean? I know that um, here's somebody that, that fought his way uh, and found a way and, and helped build something so and employed people and, and gave them opportunity. But at the same time, uh, he's still growing as an individual, and I want him to find that space uh, of... Uh, tranquility and uh, where you don't need to put other people down to l- be up yourself. Right. You know what I mean? And I, I love him. I can, you know, in any interview, you, you tell I, I love him. I wish everybody the best. When you, when you talk negative about other people, it's something negative about you. Right. You know, and so find, you got to find that and find that God within you and figure it out. And, you know, so the world can hear me say it for the 10th time. I wish everybody, the best. I I want him to find that in him and do the best for him and his family and be the example. Um, not um, how can I say? Not just a statistic of how you supposed to react, know, react or or act or put other people down. Because we all that's the by the way we all can talk negative about people. Yeah, it's, very, it's all, real easy. We, by, by the way, that's that's so easy. How about you talk positive? So I I spent a, a couple of a minute so on there were there were times when uh Dame pushed the envelope. Um pushed the envelope not to um degrade what was going on but wanting more for his artists. There were times when he didn't settle. So I saw a lot of what I did previously in that. You know what I mean? So I knew how to nurture that. I knew how to hopefully empower that and and and, and see that and not take offense you know, to it. Because you've seen that in yourself. I, I, I knew what it was. Right, right. I, I I knew what it was. Um, And I just remembered, you know, countless amount of times that we all spoke about what's the greater good, you know, and what, what's, what's those things. And we laughed. And, and it, you know, if, if you take a look at the backstage, you know, people call it comedy. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was just cracking. And it wasn't, you know, if it was, if it was real beef, it would have been beef. Right. If like I said, you, you guys, let's let's not let's not take this TV shit for for or this back behind the scenes stuff. Or if it's beef, it's beef. You ain't no you know it's no talking about that. It ain't no it, ain't, ain't no, ain't, no theatrics. It, 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 it's no, it's none of that. It ain't, it ain't gonna be on TV. Right. It'll be on the news. <laughs> it ain't gonna be on TV. But you hear him saying your name, man, and you mm-hmm. guys have history. Do you ever just feel like saying, "Listen, I'm gonna call this guy and, and see what he's talking about"? Um, I I mean. I called him to see how he's doing, yeah. But to to elaborate on how he feels as an individual, I mean, that's that's for him to 
to, work out. to figure out. You right. know what I mean? And vice versa. Um, a lot of people, okay, you just get on that, that God stuff and, you know, you, you're not really answering the question. No, I answered the question. I don't hate anybody. I don't, I don't, I don't have to deal with everybody, but I don't hate anybody. I really want the best for everybody. And if God took me tomorrow or decided to take me 10 years from He's now, not taking it, Mom. you know, let, let it be known that on my tombstone, I want the best for everybody because by offering the best for everybody, by wanting the best for everybody, something's going to come good out of it. That's just, that's just what it is. And nobody, listen, I had a lot of artists say things about me. A lot of people might not agree with my, um, mythology or my, my way of thinking, but I just can't worry about that. You know, you think when Jesus was trying to convince people that there is a God that, you know, I will be resurrected, that I will, like, you think that there were not people telling him that, oh, he's, uh, come on, man. So who am I to be greater than that? You know what I mean? No, I have to understand and live by it and only wish the best for the next person. Yeah, I want to be like you when I grow up, man, because <laughs> I'm so fucking immature right now in my life. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yo, um, the immaturity, the, the, what the immaturity will do is, is, a, is a cause you to slip because then you start to focus on what people want you to focus on and mm. not what you need to focus right, on. And right. that's that's one of the things that I, I just won't do. Let's go to this period, man, that, that affected everybody. And you, mm-hmm. you were very vocal about it, man. You said that, you know, one of the darkest moments in your career mm-hmm. when you really and you, you say you felt great pain mm-hmm. um, at the untimely death of, of Tupac Shakur. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. And then Biggie, like mm-hmm. you felt it, like, like, can you, like, you thought that it was unnecessary, but what, like looking back, man, like what, what's your reflection on that period, man? Um, I think that, um, in life in, to, in order to achieve greatness, sometimes there, there's a lot of casualties of war. Um, these were two casualties that I, 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 I just, the more and more you think about it, what we what we fighting over, right? What what was what was it really about? But they were sacrificed for what I think is why this is non-existent today. Um, because some somebody somebody something had to be sacrificed. You know what I mean? At the in, in any any great change, there's sacrifice. You know, and I think that because two of the greatest people. Forget rappers, man. Just two of the great, genuine, good-hearted people uh, are not here today. There's a lot of, um, how can I say, goodwill in the air um, that God has blessed uh, hip-hop East and West um, to let young kids know that they have the opportunity to uh, be greater than they were yesterday. And they understand what's beef. They, like, it, <laughs> like, so you basically, because cause one thing you wrote was mm-hmm. you felt that as, as, as tragic as it was, it helped change the culture. For the better. For the better. I believe And that. you're saying that what changed the culture for the better was that it de- really demonstrated, like, like, don't get caught up in the beef. That, yeah, is it's, that not, it, it's not, it, I mean, it, it's, it's really what's beef. I mean, you, you, is it really that? Like what? What? Like you ask, ask yourself. You know what I mean. And if you go through the 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 process again, man, come on, man, we lost. You 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 can't. Like I I said, it is emotional to me because just you know knowing what it was and the, and the people around and and all those things, they 
they were angels. Yeah, you know, you're not going to never take that away from them. They they were angels, and um, they were sacrificed uh, for something that was greater. And um, it's it's why we live as hip hop is one now. You know, it ain't it ain't like it used to be. Right. But you know, it, we, but it ain't, we, but it ain't perfect. It's, it's it's not nothing. Nothing's perfect. Right. I mean, that, let's let's be real. Business not perfect. Right. You know what I mean? It's it, people are sacrificing every day. You know what I mean? Um, nothing's perfect. But I, I have to I have to truly say they're looking down on us uh, today, and they together. They 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 ain't having together. You know, smoking you a know, blunt. <laughs> feeling, they don't allow that in heaven. You, know, Pete. Feeling, you don't know that. Well, <laughs> we don't know it. We don't know what's going on there. But we, I, I can say I can say this right now that um. Um, I pray for their families. Uh, I, I pray for every individual. I pray for kids. I pray for brothers, sisters, mothers, uh, that we will never forget the sacrifice that they made. Um, East, West, um, hip hop, rap, whatever you want to call it. We can never pay homage enough. We can never do enough uh, for what um, we lost right. in that. You know what I mean? But uh, again, through tragedy, I think it's triumph, and uh, I think um, we all are in a different place. You know, whether it's the better place or the best place, we all in a different place right now. And um, the shout out to Westside, shout out to New York, and and I, I just hope that we continue to work hard to continue to get this money and yeah. and change lives. Yeah, but you so you walk through that though. You you mm-hmm. you survive that. We mm-hmm. all survive that. Mm-hmm. And then tragedy hits even closer to home, you know, when we lose Jam Master J. Because you were very, very close to Jam Master J. Yep. And, you know, you could kind of see the trajectory with Tupac and Biggie, but Jam Master J. Like, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, you, that that really was close to you, right? Yeah, I mean, Jay was like, um, Jay Wild with his letters of his name. (laughs) You know, it's like, I, 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 you know, running them like they, they, you know, they brothers, you know, to me. So, like Jay took you in. Jay, Jay, I can't even, I can't like to even talk about that. It was like, um, and again, that had nothing to do with Coast. It had nothing to do with. It just had a, a lot to do with right and wrong, uh, people you around, and you know, wrong, you know, thinking the right thing but in the wrong place. Like I, at the end of the day. Um, I was with his his son, and you know he, he DJed a, a, a video for me. Um, and every every the way I know Jay would talk to me, I talked to him. Mm. You know what I mean? So it, it's it's like um, you know even to to Chris Lighty, you know what I mean? It's like I don't I mean, take yeah, I, I, don't, I don't take you know even to Wes, you know what I mean? Um, I don't take this lightly, man. You know these are these are people that. That's why I say God. God is God is saying something to us. You know what I mean. And and as our culture gets older, um, there's going to be other things that come into play. You know, because we're older now. You know what I mean. Another you know age is going to set in, and and people are going to start to feel a certain way. And you know, I got one of my my, my young boys. You know, in 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 Shy Glizzy, he, he's 21. You know what I mean. He is old. Had a son. We talking about our kids. You know, I'm about to have one. He's about to. And he had his his son, and we'd be talking about that, and that was more important than any record that he could make. Right, you know what I mean. And and so the mentorship and the guidance that I had by 
you know, my friends that I, I came up with, um, I just know that um, I'm I, again, I get back to being here for a reason and hopefully shedding light on on what it is. And in every loss, there's life. You know, in every life, there's going to be a loss. And yeah. we just have to learn from it. Yeah, you talked about, you know, feeling really angry, mm-hmm. particularly with Jay and, and, and you know, unsolved mm-hmm. um, crime and yeah, the whole nine. But, but also how that anger gave you energy like to continue yeah you know you know uh, again you have to um understand why they not here and why you here and understand that if he did give you that extra breath that extra yawn that extra open of an eye that you have to live a purpose-driven life and jay would want nothing better uh for us to continue in hip-hop and continue to create platforms for people to be greater you know um chris would would want nothing more in life uh, for violators to to keep roaming you know around the world and creating culture and um you know park and big with nothing more in life than people to rep who they are what they are why they are and tell their truth and scott larock uh in the same in in the same in in the same way It, it just they would not want nothing more for us to to continue in yeah. in what we do. But again, look at hip hop, look at sports, you know, look at entertainment. Somebody, all oh, come on, man, Robin Williams. You know what I mean? What what yeah. are you? You know, Richard Pryor. I mean, I, you can go down the, the list. list of the greatest of the greats, and if you don't learn from their trials and tribulations um, to create different triumphs. I think we, we're doing a disservice, yeah. you know, to why they're not here anymore. Yeah, after 15 years, man, how hard was it to leave Def Jam? This is your home. Like, you, you, Russell praises you for really, you know, adding those extra floors onto mm-hmm. that building, you know, adding extra acres to that campus yeah. university. Yeah. Like, how hard was it for you to leave, man? Um, Probably one of the hardest things in my life. I mean, uh, I would have to say top five. Um, challenges, um, but again, find a way, nurture a way, and know how to get out the way. Mm. And I think I needed to uh, get out of the way. And I'm glad that that they they gave the presidency to to Jay um, uh, at that particular time. And um, I'm glad that it was able to be stabilized. Um, and I wish them the the greatest. It, it just took a lot. I wish the greatest success on me, but it just took a lot. Um, because I didn't, I didn't leave a job. I left my life. Right. No. And when you left, it was a lot of changes going on in your life. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was that. Mm-hmm. Um, you talked about not feeling equilibrium. Mm-hmm. Was and was this around the same time that you was going through a divorce? <sighs> no, nah, I was a little bit, a little bit uh, after that. Right. A little bit after that, but so it, was it like, kind of like this kind of connection in terms of like your life really changing yeah yeah everything was changing yeah it was just it was just that you know i i I asked god why and what was the reasons and you you gotta understand it's like like i tell people if you play uh, professional football but you can't play for the team you it's like peyton playing for the colts and then going to play for denver you know when you 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 know you're great still but you love playing for that team you right. were playing for. So something's missing. So something was missing, and I had to search my soul to to figure it out. And I realized I had to be a different person because I had, again, getting out of the way, 
um, also said, well, what's the next phase of your life? So I, I got my bachelor's degree from Def Jam, but I got my master's from the Warner Music Group right. uh, because I had the opportunity to deal with, you know, private equity and taking a company, you know, private and public and, and learning terms like EBITDA. <laughs> EBITDA. <laughs> EBITDA. Instead of, uh, you know, just about, you know, media base and BDS at that time. So I, I just tell people uh, um, change is good yeah. and I'm always going to embrace it. And uh, when I left, Def Jam was another one. Even when leaving the Warner Music Group, um, it became another um, another change for me. And then you also changed physically as a person, man. You lost a lot of weight, man. Yeah. Like, was it was it a health issue? Or was it just like you know what I got to strictly change? healthy? Man. I, I I I love a double quarter pound with cheese. 20, was, was, was that what the nuggets. crack was? That's what the crack was. Man, I, you, you got <laughs> McDonald's was a crack in one sitting. Uh, big shout out to uh, my <laughs> man, Mister Thompson, the president. I would do a uh, double quarter pound with cheese, mm. fish fillet, twenty piece of nugget, large French fry, hot fudge sundae with nuts. That was one sitting. One no, sitting, one sitting. No on apple any, pies. On, hey, every now and then, man. You know, but I was I was eating three, four thousand calories at a time. You right. know what I mean? And and that that's just like now I only eat you know maybe fifteen, seventeen hundred calories. A is, is that was that a dra- was that a difficult change to make, man? Life changing, right? That, but it wasn't. It's about life or death, right? Like people try to walk that that gray area. I ain't walking no gray area no you, more. You did you get like some prognosis? Like yo, you about to die? Yeah, all that. All that. I mean, I wasn't digesting food. I had a blood clot in my right leg. Diabetes was off the frame, and I, you know, I wasn't. I wasn't big, man. I was a whale. Right. You know what I mean? I wasn't. I went from wearing a four X and a forty six jean to a Damn. a small and thirty four jean. It's crazy you to know? even see that because <laughs> I, you know, I I never ran into you when you were big. Mm-hmm. I, I remember running into you a couple of years ago, and I tell you, like. Your weight right now fits you. Like I, I mean, every time I see you, you, you look fly and fresh. You got, you got the fucking motorcycle uh, leather jackets. This motherfucker's always wearing in different flavors: the blue, the red. No, no, that's that B more that you know. Yeah, absolutely. But, but it, it, not many people could take that step of what you know of of, of really making the change. I mean, if, there's people if wanna, that if you want to live, you. I mean, like this is where if you if you cho- if you had to choose life over death. You gonna choose that's life. One, that's one less Big Mac. That, that, that you yeah. go, you're just gonna choose life. And understand, I I have a a 16 year old son, 14 year old daughter, and now three you know your daughter and a new one coming. You choose life or death, man. And and I I, I don't want I don't want my mom to have to bury me. Yeah. I don't want my 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 family to because I did just didn't make a choice. It's not it's not like it's it's just it's my addiction was food. Mm. You know what I mean? It wasn't. It, it, I just had to make a choice, so I choose to live a better lifestyle. And even that, tomorrow's not promised. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? And so, you know, I, you take as much negative as you can out of it, and you know, your 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 body is built to intake things and react certain ways to things. And uh, it, my body just didn't react well to those to those bad things that I ate. In in a, I didn't just eat, man. I I. Scoffed. <laughs> you know what, I mean? I, well, what was it that was driving you, man? Was it, was, it, what, was, was it an unhappiness, man? Was it an escapism? No, or was it just no, a habit? No, just it, it's just ease of use. It was just what you 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 eat to get full. Right. I didn't eat for nutrients. I ate to get full, and so you, you eat to get full. You feel oh, you got to go take a little nap and everything. Now I just eat for nutrients. I eat four or five times a day. I'm constantly snacking on 
different things and um, always protein and vegetables and, you know, drinking, you know, juicing and things. And, and I, I eat great. Don't get me wrong. But you couldn't pay me to eat a piece of pie or a piece of cake or it just it's just it's not it, life is too good. Life. God has too much in store for me to risk it with doing those things. You know, Scarface said the same thing. We had him on the show mm-hmm. a couple of months ago, man. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yo, it was it was life or death. Yeah. And once it was really life or death, he's like, all this weight is coming off. Yeah. And he looks great. He looks great now. Right have, now. have you Scarface seen Scarface? Yes. 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 Scarface yes. is flossing out in these streets. <laughs> no, listen, you listen, look, even look what Ricky just done. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, he, like when you choose life, I, and when I tell you that's it, so every, uh, so men, so you very hits me, you do everything better when you lose the weight. Yeah. Mm. Everything's better. Well, that's what, you know, to, 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 <laughs> to, everything's point, better. to, to f- paraphrase Scarface, to quote Scarface, mm-hmm. My quote, dick got bigger. Okay. Unquote. Pause. Pause. I'm just going to tell you guys (laughs) everything. And and you got to think, I was, I'm 185 now. I was 317 or whatever it was. And you was running, though. You were running. It's, oh, not, like, no, no, it's no. not like you had a lazy I life. Was ha- I was happy, jolly Christmas. I right. was like, you. I, God, I was, oh, I'm, <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't like I was upset or nothing. And, and I was active in a way. But now I'm, I truly think about, I, I shed 100 pounds. Think about what that is. It's like, come on, man. I, I'm, like, I'm, I'm just blessed that he let me get out of it. Because some of us... Can't, can't get, get away from an addiction, yeah. you know what I mean? And I was able to to get rid of it, so it was a it's a blessing, man. You got a street name after you in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. How? You know, I, again, I always said, you know, my legacy has to be on the things that I leave behind. How many of us can say we left a street behind? Mm. In the same street today, my mo- my grandmother lives on oh, the street crazy. that I the street that I grew up on, and it wasn't about me getting a street; it was about me having a symbol for that kid who was on a corner, and him asking. Yo, how can I get a street named after me? So you have to you go, you know, he can Google. So he's going to go and look up Kevin Lyles, you know, what, and then it'll list the accomplishments and the things that I did and I was a giver. And if that's the reason why that's there, you know, amen. You know what I mean? And that that was really the only reason that I accepted it. You know, the, the mayor at that time, who's the governor now, he said, I want to, you did so much for the city. I want to do something for you. What can I do? I said, well, people, people, you know, pass and they name stuff after them. I want to do something while I'm here. And I'm only 35 or something at that particular time. So they approached you, yeah. basically. Yeah. I mean, I, I, if, if you anything, know anything about, like, Maryland politics or anything, there's nobody I, I, I haven't helped get elected. Mm. And I mean, even now, we, uh, you know, we're probably going to have the—we're definitely going to have the first African-American governor in Maryland with Anthony Brown— um, and then Lieutenant, uh, um, Lieutenant Governor Allman, you know, they'll be coming in, you know, after O'Malley leaves and, you know, who knows what Martin's going to do with the presidential election coming right. up in 2016. So right. it's, um, I'm just part the fabric of it. You know what I mean? Like I said, they never get me out of there because whether senators, mayors, governors, uh, you got you know, your finger on it. I'm just, I'm just there with them, you know what I mean? Yeah. Cause that's, they're my people. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not there, but they're my people. And I, 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 that's, I have a responsibility to the city and the county. Now, as your life evolves, man, and, and as you grow and we see you moving in different arenas, mm-hmm. you know, I've heard you say that, you know, you're not in the in the, in, the, in the music industry. You're in a life changing business. Mm-hmm. Expound on that. Like you, you got to understand, you know, people, people that don't read you know, a lot of people read my book to think it was a music industry thing. But then 
people found that it was about life. It was about just my, my come up and it was more so of a self-help uh, kind of book. And the fact that people could say when people when they say we don't read books and somebody say me they read my book twice like you did or yeah. somebody I'll get a tweet and say I'm rereading rereading make it happen to get on my make it happen shit. You know, what I mean, that that to me is a, a symbol within itself uh, for me that I remember um, and shout out to my, my baby girl, Kelly Price. I remember she asked me to walk her down the aisle t- to give her to her husband. I'm, I'm just a president of a company. I'm not her father. I'm not. But the, the fact that she felt that way, that that was necessary for, for me to do that. Or when one of my kids was going through something to death for their friends, not my kids, but one of my clients, you know, was going through and they felt the person they can t- turn to was me. You know what I mean? I, I remember when they was talking to Trey about um, you grew up without a father, you know, you didn't have a father. He said, yeah, my mom raised me, but I got a father now. It's Kevin Lyle. Talking about Trey Songz. Yeah. Right. You, you don't, you, you know, you don't, that, 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 that doesn't mean that you're an executive to me. That means you, 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 you're an example. And, and again, if I, if I could, you know, have a business card, you know, whether it's whatever company I, I, I own or invested in, I really would want it to be life changing. And that's that I want to focus my life now on changing people's lives. But 30 years later, here we are right now. Mm-hmm. The industry is a completely different place. Mm-hmm. And you're now working with 300, or the 300 group, mm-hmm. entertainment group. Mm-hmm. Tell us about the 300 entertainment group, man. <laughs> I, I think, you know, I, I left one in 09, you know, Leo was still there as a, a chairman of recorded music. And then, you know, he left and Todd left. And, you know, I, I guess everybody was sitting around like I have a management, you know, management company. So I'm out here doing what I do. And we just had a conversation around where the business is going, what's happening and um, how do we be different? How do we be innovative? And the best way is to get smaller, get smaller. So when you don't sell a record, it hurts. When you sell a lot of records, it feels great. You know, uh, when an employee doesn't show up, it hurts because somebody has to do a lot more work. But when everybody's working together, you get there faster. Those moments in time, you know, we became too, uh, the business became too big and too much about monetization. And the only way to cut costs was to get rid of people or to downsize. You go from seven labels to, you know, four labels to now there's a do it, the whole uh do it yourself, yourself right. you know, community right now. And we said we don't want to have one platform. We want to we don't want to have one kind of system. We want to have a, a platform where if you want to be an entrepreneur, we got a deal for you. If you want to be uh, just a regular artist, we got a deal for you. If you want us to publish you, we got a deal for you. So we became um, more so of a smorgasbord of operation that was small, knit, nimble. You you can't tell me what Lear's not going to do or going to do because I already lived that. Right. You can't tell me what Todd's not going to do or not already live that. You can't tell me what the people we have around us going to do because we teaching that. You know what I mean? So we got back into finding, you know, instead of just having quote unquote record company people, we got data miners. We got people who don't never worked in the business before, which is how it used to be. You know what I mean? You you find the people. The bean counters. But now the bean counters are looking at stats of people. Yeah. This is, is this another it's another whole way of thinking and. Um, this is the first time uh, that we we know who our customer is. We're dealing directly with the fan. You know right. what I mean. We really had to, we always had to go through a third party to get to the fan. But now we have uh, an opportunity to deal directly. So what does that mean? And not a lot of us know what it, what it means to 
to monetize a fan base, you know what I mean? Because somebody else did it for us all the time. But, you know, with, with, with streaming and uh, subscriptions, services, and, you know, even, even now, still there's a, 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 for real artists, there's a 51, 49% um, physical to digital. There's streaming. I was looking at uh, um, the Trey's digital um, stats. His streaming went up 62% since his last album. So, it, you know, there's more consumption of, of music and and, and it, people are still going to consume music. It's just whether people are buying it. No, it's it's, it's how they consume it. Right. But it's no it's no it's no different from going from vinyl to from eight track to vinyl to CD or the Walkman to the iPod. Like it, it's all cyclical to me. But right now, um, I was reading the Credit Suisse report where they said there's 48 million people streaming songs through cellular devices. Um, in 2020, there'll probably be 148 million. <laughs> people so you you think about where's the sorry where's the opportunity and is there still um um money to be made in the monetization of master recorded you know music rights you know right. what I mean? and i truly believe in it and at 300 um again we we want to have a employee to artist ratio you know where they they don't feel like they taking a risk without being rewarded you know, this is one thing we did back in the day, but we, we got so big that we couldn't handhold it and have the commerce, the real conversations around you're not an artist, you're art. And you want to be curated in the Smithsonian Institute, not just on a corner. You know, what's that mean? Your your new your new street corner is an internet. What does that mean? We're we're now a uh, a high volume, low margin business where we used to be a low, low volume, high margin business, you know, and teaching people about their their consumer. That is our responsibility in the industry, especially through turbulent times. You know, it's not just to cut costs and get rid of people and have a lot of unemployed people out here. And to those people who did not make the cut, you know, you have to redefine yourself, put yeah. more tools in your toolbox and be different. And it's even why you guys are sitting here today and, you know, you can sit and have this this forum uh, for people to listen to you guys. And now you got X amount of listeners, how you monetizing it, how you you know, selling something different to them. You gave them the knowledge, but what are you going to do with that fan base that you have? How do you take it? To, look at what Steve Harvey did. Yeah. I mean, just think think about, and you could talk about Oprah, you know, being a newscaster, what she's done around. You know, Tyler said, you know, Kev, I just shot 89 episodes of, of my TV shows. Now I want to take a break. Who shoots 89 episodes in two months? <laughs> yeah, so, so you talk about the, the redefinition right. of what, all of this means and 300 uh is just an opportunity for us to redefine it like i grew up when they said we're going to play more music and less rap now every station is we're the station of hip-hop and r&b right so now how do you redefine that well now every play you know the the new blogger is the new dj the new playlist is the new radio station play like, the internet is yeah, a yeah, internet is a, yeah, yeah you yeah. just gotta now right. go and redefine everything twitter's promotion uh, uh vivo uh youtube is artist development the new you know mtv bet and what's your it's a whole different model i mean you, you just gotta figure it out and there's a lot more things to count a lot more things on that's the exciting well, part but the of the craziest it. thing right now is even when you were figuring it out before mm -hmm. you still have some time to learn what you're figuring out, but right now the model's still changing as we speak. But that's the exciting. Listen, yeah. that, that this is why I, I call him Harvard. Now I got like you know he 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 graduated for the you know the, the true Google internship thing that he really grad you know top five percent of the, the graduated right class. Yeah. You know what I mean? Ash. That's why like I'm bringing different people in. Then you got to have old fucks over here that 
that's been around forever. Um, it was a young kid, but of you course. know what to me. But then the brick, road and, manage, brick and mortar, brick expert, and mortar, right, the, right. the road manager, and you need to put people together so they understand the value proposition. It's like an engineer coming to an electrical engineer coming to with a civil engineer, and they building a great you know building together. You know, what I mean? you have to bring those people together, and I think we have a, a, a great mix of, of, of people at at, at three hundred. Um, as a matter of fact, tomorrow we're launching. You know, the website, a lot of people said when we took everything down, oh, shit, they out of business. You know, already, already they didn't, even, didn't even, even start. No, we just we just felt that um, um, just like an app, you know how like uh, you go to iTunes, open your computer and they say um, uh, new app or updated app. You know, we're going to update ourselves all the time. So yeah. you, this is just, you know, 300, 2.0. And we're going to consistently update ourselves around innovation and technology, embracing, you know, everything that's available to us. And, and Twitter is an actual partner of you guys. Yeah, we, 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 we did a uh, strategic partnership with them uh, around music and the act of discovery and um, learning um, through your know, algorithms what when people post things, you know, what's the best time and what kind of songs chart, uh, what kind of songs go from a Twitter to a, a Shazam. Like, it just We started to look at it in a no way, no, no way different than we said if you got 100 million audience at radio, you would sell X amount of units right. on a record or if you if you have x amount of video play and 100 million units and you sold uh 3000 uh you sell 3000 singles a day you you could do x it's like no day it's say like there's no real number right now but we we we're, we're trying to uh, RA has said if you sell um was i think 1.5 million streams it's like yeah 1500 streams is one single 1.5 million streams is worth one album. So what is an album equivalent now? <laughs> you know what I mean? it's like you, you go through this whole process and that's the great thing about it. So I'm in school again. Right. You know, so I, I guess... So you're excited. Man, I, I'm, I got my bachelor's from Def Jam, got my master's from from Warner Music Group now and get my doctorate from 300. You look like a young boy right now, man. Internets. Kevin is sitting in here right now, all black. Got the black Tims on, the vest. You know the the the, 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 the flossing, yeah, flossing, man. You, you know what it is, man. I, I I tell people where I'm at right now. Um, I just want to be me. Yeah. I, I just if I feel like, you know, being be more Cav, I'm gonna throw be more Cav. If I feel like being Masters Cav, I'm gonna throw the suit jacket on. And if I feel like, you know, just not even just putting on a sweatsuit, I'm gonna I'm gonna do. And and I just challenge people to be. And I've been blessed to have that opportunity. But if I had to suit up uh, and be in a corporate environment, I'm built for it. Yeah. Ain't no, it's it's not even a, 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 a you know. I, I tell you, I'm doing this because I, I love what I do. Right. I just love what I do. And then, who would have thought that young Kev from Baltimore would have access to the president right now? I, you know, this is probably my third rodeo there. Um, I would. I wouldn't need, listen, I, who, come on, man. <laughs> you know, I, you know I, it's, it's like I said, I, I don't even, what, what I look at is um, when you have influence, um, true power is through the people you know. And I don't believe anything is created by yourself. Is why I always work hard to have great partners, have great relationships. And uh, I think um, our country's challenge uh, right now, um, because there's a moral America 
Um, there's a working class America and there's a poor America. And when you're trying to appease, and for lack of a better when you're trying to satisfy all those things, some people are not going to get satisfied. And um, I, I wish all parties work harder together to, to come up with ways that we can exist where it's fair. Not whatever it's right or wrong, for it, but it's just fair that there's equal opportunity and we, we live in a, a great nation that a lot of people died for us. Uh, and I'm not just talking about um, slavery or voters' rights. I'm talking Civil about... Civil rights, you're talking about. Ju- yeah, I'm, it's just life. You know, we, th- this country would not exist but people who traveled the world to... Sacrifice to later, groundwork right, for, the groundwork next, for, us to for the next generation. Gener- that yeah. that's, it just wouldn't be. So we owe it. We owe it to this country, you know, uh, that we, you know, I think we just celebrated uh, the 100-year anniversary down in, in Baltimore of the Star Spangled Banner. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It was, you know, written down there. And um, just, just think about what that was at Fort McHenry, that, that war that was fought, you know, there for somebody to, to write, like, come on, I, I don't take that for granted, man. So, yeah, I, I, I know, the, I, I, I know, you know the, the first lady and, the, you know, Barack and the, the family, but I know, I know them in a way um, that he is my president. Be my friend and, you know, that whole thing, but he is my president and I'm here to serve. And, 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 and that goes in accordance to how you rose in the ranks at Def Jam because you knew how to draw the line. Mm-hmm. between, you know, the people that you work for and whether you were friends or not. And even with, with Barack Obama, you recognize him as a president, even though you guys have a relationship. Yeah, you, you're here to serve. I yeah. mean, like, you you service, you know, some people say, okay, well, that, you, that's that, that, that the slave mentality. It's not a slave mentality that, because then you're telling, you're telling the, the, the person who risked their life, a uh, firefighter or a, a police officer or the army sergeant, somebody who risked their life, for you, what that that? No, come on, I'm here to serve, man. Right. I, I I'm not I'm not I'm not here to just live my life. I'm here to make sure we all live a better life. Yeah, you know. Last couple of questions. Mm-hmm. You're so positive, man. You're so optimistic. You know, I, I I think I'm a positive, optimistic cat also. But when I look around and see what's going on, sometimes I don't feel mm-hmm. too optimistic. And, mm-hmm. and I'm a man of faith. You know, I I, I, I believe in my in my practice and mm-hmm. my my religion. But you know, what what's your what's your What's your outlook in terms of what's going on right now and, and where we're headed as a, as a society, as a nation, as a culture? A lot of, lot of good people. Um, few bad people. A lot of confused people. Uh, and I think it just becomes uh, ignorance, um, lack of education, lack of hope. Uh, when you look, I, you know, every year I hold a back-to-school festival in Baltimore, and uh, this year I gave away 6,000 backpacks, 40,000 pounds of food, uh, immunizations, haircuts, everything. Because we, 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 the kids celebrate when they leave school in June, but I wanted to celebrate going back to school. So right. I do it with uh, the uh, county executive and the uh, superintendent of schools down in, in, in Maryland. And kids come out. We started at 12 noon. They, they're there at 8 o'clock in the morning to get a backpack. So if a kid's going to stand in line for parents for six, seven hours for a backpack, uh, seven, eight hours for food. There's a problem. There's a fundamental issue, and we're fighting wars across the world <laughs> that people standing in line for this. So, you, you know, I just um, I just know that God's given me so much in that 
that backpack, that access that that we're giving them, that opportunity to have something, that haircut that made them feel a certain way and that, that hygiene that, that, that gets them to smell a certain way. And it just, you know, helps, man. And so I, I just believe. And by the way, do you don't think shit's bothering me? It's a lot of things bothering me. And burn another friend next week on mm-hmm. Tuesday. That's unexpectedly Sorry passed. That, you know what I mean? You, you know, it's a lot of things that go on in my, in, in my mind. Um, can't I can't my, my my kids live in Baltimore I can't they're not with me every day because of you know former marriage you know it, it's don't think I'll have my issues too but I woke up motherfucker yeah. <laughs> it's like I, 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 I woke up I, people still believe believe in in the gift that I have to to be positive and and part of it like I said is is waking up showing up using the gifts that God has given you to to make change so I, I can't I, who am I to judge? Who am I to complain of a just to, to allow myself to do what God, you know, do God's work? Last question, Kevin. Mm-hmm. You've written a book. You, you know, even though you're a behind the scenes person, your life is pretty public. Um, tell us, man. Tell us in the audience one thing that that nobody knows about Kevin Lyles. Hmm. You know, I wear my heart on my sleeve for the most part, but um, I don't. Okay, so I'll tell you, and this, this could be controversial or not, you know, how you see it. Um, I really believe I'm meant to lead a generation of people in a way that is godly. So when I speak, although I'm not a pastor, I minister. Uh, when I teach, I teach through a way, good and bad, right or wrong, treat people like you want to be treated. So no matter what book you read, no matter it's God's way, you know, for me, and I do believe there's good business through God's eyes and, and his, 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 his uh, mission statements, you know, which I, I, I read on a daily basis. So I would say that to me, what I think, you know, you hear me talking positive in a way, but it's, I think I have it in me to be a minister. Um, so I, I would say people might, people might think I'm, I'm positive, but don't be surprised, you know, where you see me, you know, okay. whether, whether it's behind a podium or a pulpit. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, I, I just believe, um, um, that it's something greater in store for me. Now, thanks for sharing that, man. And, and I got to thank, uh, thank you not only for coming on the show, man, but for really honestly and sincerely inspiring myself, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, uh, Pete, you feeling inspired? Most definitely. I tell you, you know, <laughs> we have, we have, you know, these last words I'm gonna say to you. It's no question. It's just, just words for you, man. You know, overall, man. Uh, you know, it's great to really have you come on because overall, you're a great dude. Thank you. Brother. And uh, you know, I mean, if no one could tell that, then they fucking smoking crack or something. <laughs> you know, and and one thing I really like is that you like, you know, you brought these two dudes with you mm-hmm. that work with you. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, you spoke about they like, sat here through the whole interview. No, yeah, but 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 the thing that really touched me is that you spoke about how you know they handle multiple things, and you know that maybe they do photography, or maybe they do cutting video, or maybe they answer phones, or whatever they, they do. Coffee. But these are all the things that you did, mm-hmm. and you know, you're inspiring people, and and you're bringing it up in the new companies you do. You know, the whole thing. Like, listen, man, I will say this. You know, you're a good dude. And I, you know, we wish you the best here. Yes. And 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 I will say this, uh, uh, last, uh, lastly, you know, you you you're a visionary, and 
you defined a lot of the future mm-hmm. in this. And I say, just don't stop, don't stop doing that. As long, long as I have, have, have you guys and the next generation of people following, listening, uh, and pushing themselves and not to be me, but to, to be better than me and to, to be better than you. Um, I, I think we, we doing our job. So again, this was therapy for me and I appreciate you guys allow me into your house and I always say, you know, be the example, you know what I mean? Don't, don't. And the reason why people can sit and listen, because even them and they, they're around me a lot, they hear something new every single time and then they'll talk about it. And I'm challenging them, uh, the, the, the next generation to you guys. If you, if you hear my voice, if you have the opportunity to, 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 to meet me, know that I expect nothing but excellence from our people and our culture. And that's something that we have to push for. You know, we can't stand for mediocrity. Mediocrity will get us nothing. You know what I mean? Excellence. You know, good is just not enough uh, in 2014 and beyond. You know, we have to be great as individuals. So Kevin, thank you guys. Kevin Lyles, thank you so much. Internets, you know what this is, man. This is the Combat Jack Show. Dream those dreams and man up and live those dreams because life without dreams is black and white and the universe flows in technicolor and surround sound. Bow. Yes. Numenati! This episode of the Combat Jack Show was produced by Jonathan Menner, executive produced by A. King and Chris Morrow, engineered by Samir Karan, and recorded in the Engine Room Audio Studio in downtown Manhattan. This is an official Loudspeakers Network's production.